previously on Box Cutters. And that's the history of cinema. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 280. Don't step on my Kevin Spacey joke. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Box cutters, all about television. If you haven't learned that in the last 280 episodes, it's probably because this is your first welcome. Welcome, new listeners. We have Leon Shannon from the Bazura Project coming in to talk to us. John, did we, you know that? We, we, yes, we're going to ask Michelle her questions like, why are you so awesome? Because yeah. we're just Bazura fanboys. Can, can, can we touch you? It, it is, uh, it, it is going to be quite awkward. Uh, and, and there will be long silences where we all just look at each other longingly. <laughs> look forward to that later on in the show. It's great for audio. Uh, John, you're going to talk about... Go back, go back to How We Watch, which we did last season in Box Cutters. Previously on Box Cutters. We discussed How We Watch... And uh, in how we watch TV, some people do it communally, some people do it separately. And you've got something about, particularly about Doctor Who. I went to an officially organised Doctor Who screening at the Jam Factory a couple of weeks ago. But oh, we'll, hmm. I'll tell you about that later. That, that's fun. We've got a production update. Uh, we've got one thing. We've got some pork. Toby Halligan still doing his comedy. No, not com- well, his comedy show. It's a comedy show as part of Melbourne Fringe. And before I forget, because I forgot last week, if you would like to go and see it for free, Free. Are you sure about that? Yeah, why not? For <laughs> free. The first people who respond to Toby Halligan Comedy at gmail.com with, I would like to see your show, Toby. Josh said so on box cutters. Or words to that effect. We're not being strict. You will get to see uh, the show on Wednesday night. Uh, this coming Wednesday night. I'm also going to put something up on the Box Cutters blog in case you missed his email address. It is tobyhalligancomedy at gmail.com. The coming Wednesday night is Wednesday the 5th of October. tobyhalligancomedy at gmail.com. You get Special to see for it. for the, uh, the quick listeners. You get to see it for free, sweetie. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters news. Brett, the news item that I want to lead with, John thinks, is really more for the programming part, like upcoming programs. Mm. Of, is of it the big show. news? It's massive. Big, it's, big news. It is. It is. It's not really news at all, is it, boys? Look, no, we, I know you want to. You want to go with it. Go, look, go with it. Go with. It. Let's get it out of the way. Look, let's I'd, let's I'd go s- down. Say, Mitch, Mitch Hurwist yeah, has, yeah. has said that again. There is going to be a new TV series of Arrested Development in addition to the film. Yeah. So <gasps> the film, which they haven't made and aren't making, which he keeps announcing that they're going to make, he's now joined that with a TV show they're not making 
and aren't going to make it. But it was in the New York Times. That's really amazing. Hopefully soon there'll be a 3D game we can't buy as well. It feels like this Arrested Development, every month there's a new announcement that Mitch wants a new Arrested Development thing that hasn't yet happened. I think he should go on that cafe press and make some tea towels, and at least we could start with something he could do, was, and then move up from there. Was Arrested Development another another one you couldn't just couldn't get into, like The Wire? Actually, Arrested Development was one of the ones I can never remember which one it is. I get it in Kirby Enthusiasm <gasps> mixed up, so I actually don't remember it. <gasps> which, is part, which is partly why I don't care that, that the, the creator it. keeps announcing every month that he's not making a new show. Jason Bateman also tweeted it, though. And he can't trust the tweets of Jason Bateman. <laughs> so, t- so tell us what's not happening that you think is such a big news. Well, t- I think we've covered it. That's it. Jason Bateman tweeted it. Mitch Hurwitz has said it. It's been in the New York Times that Arrested Development is going to be uh, is going to come back as a TV series and, and a film. also be made yeah. as a film. And now, apparently, there's also a 3D game and, and a tea <laughs> towel. Because this is the thing. They, they, they do clarify that they haven't actually got a studio or a network or any money. But boy, is it coming back. So look ten, for that, ten episodes. Look for that on Kickstarter. Ten, ten unconfirmed episodes. You know what? I would give money for, to, 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 to that on Kickstarter. I genuinely think they should, they should give it a go on Kickstarter. I think it would be really interesting to put up going, we're going to make ten episodes of rest development. We just need $1.7 million. But the issue is not about getting the money, is it? Isn't it about... Um, uh, Rights. What's his face? The, the George Michael's uh, just too busy doing other stuff because he's too popular? What's uh, he, no, apparently uh, the cast is, is fine. It's actually... He's kind of interesting it's because of the um, it's divided up by two or more copyright holders, according to the Will, most recent statement. Will Arnett also tweeted his uh, his interest in in doing it, but uh, if if the last three years or anything to go by, Will Arnett will do anything. Can I move on to a new he's story that actually happened? Chrysler over there, isn't he? Can, can, he can I do something that actually did go to air and it actually happened? Can we move yeah. on to some news that actually happened? If you want now? to go talk about real things, right? Okay, this is this is my favourite news story of the week. It involves ITV news in the UK. I thought this was your real estate story. No, 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 my real estate story is still to come. You're holding that. I'm holding that back. Is that the one, is that, the one that opens dong? Uh, In the news tonight. Burr, 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 I, think, I think it does, but this is a documentary series which is called Exposure. And the episode was called Exposure, Gaddafi and the IRA. It was about the way that they claim that uh, Gaddafi was moving money and arms to the Irish Republican terrorists. It's the first part of six very serious documentaries. And there's a, a big clip in it in which a helicopter... Uh, is is blown up. And this is from the voiceover by Paul McGann. He played Doctor Who, which says... And, and, and I. And I. Uh, so the voiceover said, With Gaddafi's heavy machine guns, it was possible to shoot down a helicopter as the terrorists' own footage of 1988 shows. No one died in the attack, but there were many other deadly arms to fear. Now, it is true, from the footage they showed, that no one died in that particular attack, because it's not actually an IRA shooting down a helicopter in 1988, it's footage from the video game Armour 2, which was released for PC in 2009. <gasps> ITV apparently couldn't tell which of their footage was 1988 footage in IRA uh, a helicopter attack and which was from a two-year-old video game set in a fictional post-Soviet Eastern Bloc country. So was it CG? It was CG, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's cut seriously. scene. Seriously. It's a cut scene from a video game. Um, the, they've had to put out an apology. <laughs> they've, they've taken it down off their website and they're going to apparently put it back up with the correct footage. Oh, really? Because I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather they just <laughs> save the correct footage for a DVD extra. Well, the, they'll just grab something out of Black Hawk Down, won't they? Yeah, or Avatar. You know. <laughs> Here the IRA are blue. <laughs> um, now, they put out an apology no, saying... That's, the Scots, the, that's Concord. 
saying uh, the events featured in Exposure Gaddafi and the IRA were genuine, but it would appear that during the editing process, the correct clip of the 1980 incident was not selected, and other footage was mistakenly included in the film by producers. This was an unfortunate case of human error, for which we apologise. Was human error wasn't that machine that automatically puts in CGR helicopters blowing up into soaps. The person responsible <laughs> has been sacked. Well, this is the thing. The other thing now shows up from this, which is this is kind of interesting too. From that, apparently, the clip they played. Um, which I should mention the BBC according to the BBC the people who spotted this was the wrong clip were the people on PC Gamer website Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was actually the people who first spotted this it turns out that clip was up on YouTube under the heading PIRA Ambush British Helicopter Silver Smith Surf Amaha 1988 for some reason the clip was on YouTube under the wrong name it's thought ITV were taking their footage from YouTube and the person just selected it by the name did a search. That was the closest they got. That was well. It's the right name. It's just the wrong. Clip. They, they didn't read any of the comments where somebody may have dedicated that film <laughs> to a friend of theirs who died from cancer well, or something like that. There's actually a red versus blue joke clip. <laughs> but it also leads to an interesting question about you know I don't think YouTube clips are necessarily a bad thing to be using. You know I think it's a resource to use in mm. documentary and, and filmmaking. But at what point now are people like ITV kind of leaning on this? At, at the yeah, the well, risk this of is, not actually doing reporting. This this is uh, one of the problems that we see in uh, mainstream media uh, across the board with all of these cuts. Uh, is is that we are losing people like sub editors and those who do similar jobs along the fact checking lines. Uh, the the people who are the quality control before anything goes out, are just not there. So uh, there was a time when ITV probably would have uh, would have had someone on staff whose job it was to check every single clip against its source and confirm it. And now they just don't have those resources. I think that could well be a point because it was made in-house and there was a sense of, especially in the UK, everyone's trying to crunch the money these days. So it's it's interesting interesting thing to have to have occurred this week. Speaking of computer games and television. And yes, this is actually what this is about. Mm-hmm. Microsoft have said that they are going to launch Xbox TV in the USA uh, as part of the Xbox 360 uh, community. So people have accounts, much like they have iTunes accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Xbox Xbox Live accounts they're mm-hmm. called. And uh, the idea is, is uh, as far as I understand, that people that uh, Xbox are going to be looking at having that network as an IPTV provider as well. So it's another box in your house that can download TV content and show it to you whenever you want. So not documentary uh, material made up from footage <laughs> in uh, Gears of War, for example, uh, oh, there, that users have put together? There, there, there will be that. As you can see from this firefight uh, behind oh. this broken brick wall, uh, there is a glitch in the system just there if you move the controller like this. Yes. Oh, hang on. No, that's not how it works. Uh, you can tell they're hiding behind the wall because their elbow kind of pokes through Yeah, it. kind of pokes through the wall. <laughs> Does that still happen in computer games? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes oh. they're a bit glitchy like that. Oh, that's that's annoying. I'd say Gears of War, one of the better shoot 'em up games I've, I've played. I'm not very good at those games at all, though. Or that's the plan that Microsoft have. There's no talks about whether they're going to do this in Australia as yet, but uh, they are speaking to content providers in Xbox has in been the around US. for a long time. It's not about time the new generation of machine came out from Microsoft, or is this 
them trying to uh, extend the brand for as long as possible? Well, Microsoft have found themselves in, in an interesting position because they've always been seen as a competitor to Apple. And Apple are now no longer an operating system company or a hardware company. They are a media company as a whole. And they have their record store and they're a TV show distribution network and they're a movie uh, library and they're a home movie purchasing network as well. Uh, Microsoft see a need to diversify in the same space or in a competing space to to Apple. And uh, and they're clearly doing this with their upcoming operating system. Uh, everything I've, I've seen about Windows 8 is about this uh, bringing together of uh, of media and, and everything as, as a whole, and also having an app store similar to Apple, which means that they will probably be using the Xbox Live which- login scenario to... Uh, to use that in the same way that Apple used their iTunes login. And that'll follow on from the uh, hugely successful uh, uh, longevity of the Zune uh, that we've seen from Microsoft. Which apparently was good. Apparently it was. I never got to use it. (laughs) Apparently it was good. Uh, I think think more IPTV providers can only be a, a good thing. And if there's something that doubles up the use of a single box in your lounge room, I think... That is also uh, a good thing. One less box mm. to rule them all. I think that's how it goes. Hey, uh, John. Yeah? If I was going to buy a house... You want my big story? I want your big story. This is my big, my big guns. He's got a big story. I'm bringing up my big guns. Because, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this is exclusive? It, is it more or less interesting than <laughs> Guy from Beauty and the Geek is actually an actor? Uh, I, I think I, look, I think my big story we should go out on personally. I, okay. don't, I don't think you're top there. So okay, maybe okay. you should, should do your story. Okay, uh, guy from Beauty and the Geek is actually a professional actor. Well, what? no, no, he's not actually a professional actor. It's actually guy from Beauty and the Geek has acting as an interest. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, no, it's, that's not really a story. Is it's it? not really a story. Uh, he studied. He studied at a number of theatre and acting schools, according to the Herald Sun. Yeah, he studied. Oh, uh, and he's got a professional headshot. And a casting card. So therefore, what's he doing on Beauty and the Geek? Do you remember, this is like that whole Corin well, Stork, he once name. used his penis, so why is he allowed to be on Beauty and the Geek? There's a very odd definition of what geek is, I think, for Beauty and the Geek audiences. They get very upset if the geek has any interests they don't consider geeky enough. Yeah, well, well, like I want to know why, why isn't it a uh, guy from Beauty and the Geek is also a part-time patisserie worker? Yeah, how is he allowed to be on there? Yeah, he's got a job that does... It's all does, a lie! Yeah, what is, is, he, is he making... Is, is he making croissant out of Meccano? Yeah, that's not geeky. I, I don't get the Beauty and the Geek thing. I don't get the, the, the crazy paranoia about Beauty and the Geek people not being geeky enough. Well, it's the immense cash and prizes that they're playing for. What are they playing for? What is the... 20 bucks? Do we know? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the... Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No idea. I, 20 I, cents I, to call someone that cares. <laughs> They can only they can only two fifths call someone that cares. <laughs> All right, so, so clearly that's that's this. I thought there was no good news this week. <laughs> I, I think there's just no news. This I week. thought there was no news this week, and then John said, "I've got something," and and I thought, 
Wow, I, nothing can top that. No, no. So here we go. Here's the big news story. You ready, Brett, for for, for this week's really big news I'm, story? I'm, bra- I'm sitting down, and by which big, is unusual. This week, I mean, it was actually you know on the age last week, but I found it today. You, yes, you could be the owner of Larry Emder's house. Me? <laughs> well, if you if you have quite a lot of money, Larry. Oh, because I've I've got like one and a half thousand dollars. It's not like he's he's secretly transferred it to somebody and, and no no they own it, no it's it, up for auction. Just don't know no yet. no, there's there's going to be an auction on October 29th for uh, Larry Emder's house, the 417 square meter clifftop property. Should turn a tiny profit for Emder, who's exclusively renovated the piano style house. I don't know what piano style means. Does that mean it looks like a boat? Is that what, is that P, what they say? P P and O. Yeah. P and O style. Yeah. I think cruise liner. Pacific and Orient. Well, that's what P and O stands yeah. for. Since he bought it for seven hundred seventy thousand in nineteen ninety four. Bargain. Uh, now, you, well, you might be wondering where's he going. I, I was, I was wondering that. You know, is he just walking up from his Dover Heights, you know, uh, house and just going off a cliff and where's dying? Dover Heights. It's I don't know, but it's, it's got a cliff. What state is it? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's got a cliff. Um, luckily, he's already bought another house in Dover Heights, which um, he and his partner. Um, Samantha Armitage have bought it's cost $6.8 million um, but it was up for $8.5 million only 18 months ago so they've made a real bargain there they've saved a million dollars and a bit uh, so the big story the big thing for that story got me was Larry Emder is apparently still on television I had no idea yeah he's on uh, he's Channel 7 on morning show yeah yeah he's a co-host of the morning show no idea how does that get you enough money to buy seven million dollar oh, no, house that, it was that game show he did for Channel 9 the, um, the uh, what was it called it was it was Bonanza Fortune, wasn't he? no he did this show called something Bonanza on, uh, on, on Channel 9 that was shot up at uh, Movie World and it was it was Saturday night supermarket sweep it wasn't Supermarket Sweep. I think that was Ian Turpy. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone? Anyone? If Toby Halligan was here, he could do that. But he's not. I'm fairly sure it was Ian Turpy. He's doing his uh, Fringe Festival show. Dr. Anyway, Toby anyway, Halligan. October 29th, really you could buy that house. It October 29th? 1,062 square metres of land, 180 degree ocean views, and an infinity swimming pool. Only three bedrooms, though. Infinity swimming pool, three bedrooms. Only three bedrooms? I know. But, but the they're swimming, big. But the swimming that's, pool goes to infinity. That's so the P&O bit of it. So let's all get the box cutters listeners together and uh, we'll pitch in. We'll buy Larry Emder's house in Dover Heights and whatever state that's in. And that is the box cutters news. Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, sexy, hunky men and or women. This is Christos Cholkas and you're listening to the box cutters. Hey, John, remember a, a couple of years ago we had. Uh, two guys come in and they were talking about doing a show on Channel 31 that was about film and they spoke for a while and then they left. And uh, Do you remember that? Yeah, was that the, the, the Bazoom project? Uh, the Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai project. Yeah. And they, they, would, they put themselves up for a Logie and the Logies told them to go away because they were on Channel 31. Yeah, which isn't a real channel. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so ABC2, also not a real channel, mm-hmm. uh, decided that uh, they were going to have a go at maybe getting them a Loki, but they had to change their name to the Bazara Project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Bazi- Bazi- the, Buz- the Bosom Project. Bosom, Bosom's Project. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's, uh, that, that's those guys. They now have a show on ABC2, uh, all about film and Bosom's, I'm guessing. Bosom's in film. Uh, here's a clip. One of the most important things ever to happen to cinema was cinema being invented. After the Lumiere brothers perfected their technique of having workers leave their factory, 
The first ever feature film was made right here in Australia. Unfortunately, audiences stayed away in droves, with locals declaring even as far back as 1906 that Australian films are really boring and are all the same anyway. And then, a century later, The Dark Knight was made, and that's the history of cinema. I, I've got nothing to say, but we're joined in the studio by Lee Zachariah and Shannon Marenko from the Bazaar Project. That's how I would have put it as well. Yeah, yeah. I've because... got nothing to say for this whole interview, so I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's 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 fine. That's 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 the voice of Shannon. This is the voice of Lee. No, that's the voice of you. This is the voice of Lee. Right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. always getting us confused. L- <laughs> last time we had uh, we we had you guys on the show, you're on Channel 31. Mm-hmm. Eight people were watching your show. Now you're on ABC too. That's got to be up to like 20, 25. Uh, we at least doubled our audience. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. 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 Score. Uh, how did you go about making the transition? Uh, well, they called us up and they said, do you want to do the show on ABC too? And we went, yeah. Right. Simple as that. <laughs> that is a terrible, terrible story. Uh, it's just how I tell it. <laughs> it's all in the telling, too. Yeah. But uh, did I read somewhere though that it was actually the Logies' debacle, let's call it, that that did lead to the ABC knowing about you in the first place? Uh, no, certainly not knowing about us in the first place, but yeah, it may have sort of re-piqued their interest because yes, throughout our whole community TV run, we continually sent stuff to abc with all the networks really um and yeah so they were certainly aware of us i would think but um yeah when all that logie stuff sort of went down i think it yeah just sort of uh rejigged um their knowledge of us and thought oh maybe there's something there and then but it was still i don't know what six at least six months after all the logie stuff sort of went down mm. it was the end of that year i think maybe, or maybe yeah well, we start we had we sort of had a meeting halfway through that year and then again at the end of the year yeah. and very slowly the wheels started turning yeah. well they've, they've also had that restructure at uh, at the abc and so now abc2 has its own controller well that that um, sort of accounted for a lot of the delay of the show we were um uh, planning on going on a bit earlier but then yes all the abc1 abc2 sort of started uh, emerging coming forth uh, and we had to sort of yeah put everything on hold while you know the each channel's direction got sorted and the controllers got hired and all the rest of it so that put the brakes on a little bit as well the show is obviously a, a you know a fairly low budget show but you seem to do a hell of a lot with a small budget did your time at 31 help you do that or is it just because you're incredibly canny let's go with canny yeah (laughs) (laughs) it we definitely had to uh retain that guerrilla filmmaking sensibility because uh our eyes are always bigger than our stomachs and we want to do a lot of really really big stuff we and we never really have the budget to do it so it's there are a lot of favors called in there's a lot of what can we get away with how can we pull this off so uh, certainly it was a lot closer to the 31 show than I was expecting it to be, the process. Comparing it to other ABC shows, uh, comparing it to, to ABC shows that come from uh, Zapruder's like uh, Hungry Beast or, uh, or uh, like Lawrence Lung's show, where it seems like they've probably got similar budgets, you guys just seem to pack so much more into your show. Like so, so much more. Just in terms of cuts, editing, uh, props, locations, all all of that sort of stuff. How how do you do it? We have a we have a very bad attention 
deficits. Uh, no. Spans? Spans, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by a bird. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps those other shows are just really shit and we're normal. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, that was a joke. You guys edit this, right? That was a joke. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it probably comes again from just that 31 sensibility maybe. We're just, yeah, we're, and... Yeah, our reach uh, always exceeding our grasp. And it's just, we've got to, it's not we've got to, that's just how it, it operates, I guess, for us. It just sort of, mm. I, I don't know, it doesn't seem odd to, you know, have a, a three-second cutaway of something a, mi- a million miles away that's going to take, you know, two days to shoot or whatever, uh, or, you know, a day to source the location, a day to find the costumes, and then a day to shoot, you know, just for three seconds of screen time. That doesn't seem odd. You know, it seems good. It seems worthwhile. And that's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I really like on the show because, you know, when people spot it especially and they know you've gone the the extra uh, yard to do that, you know, when you put, yeah, the extra effort into stuff that goes by like that, that's the stuff I really respond to. So um, I'm glad you respond to it. How did you approach the script to give it then? I mean, do you sit down going, this is the information we want to get across? Or do you say these are the jokes we want to make? Or what's the approach when you start it? Oh, no, I mean, it would, it's, it's, I guess, the information first, yeah. really, with this kind of show anyway, because we've got such specific themes for each episode that we were dealing with um, that were sort of about the history of cinema in terms of sex, violence, drugs, whatever. Um, yeah, you really, uh, well, I would sort of, yeah, really want to hone the information first. What points do we really have to hit? And then once you sort of decide on that, the jokes just sort of come from it, mm. I guess. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, oh, we have to look at blood-sucking freaks which we didn't but that's the first film that came into my head for some reason it always is uh yeah and then i said oh okay you can make a joke about that so yeah i, I would think that yeah, from the script writing point of view it's it's the information first and what do you really have to hit and then yeah, everything sort of stems from that i guess i mean we were sort of quite happy uh to do like a, a 30 minute film lecture essentially we'd be happy to do that on tv that would just be awesome but you know it has to be like an entertaining show and it's sort of yeah to we really had to have sort of a structure to it where once and segments obviously where one segment couldn't be you know too long you know it all had to be moving kind of quickly so always the pace had to be kept up um yeah it was yeah that was that was something that was a little bit different from the 31 show where we could just sort of you know if something was seven minutes long we could just play it for seven minutes long and just you know who gives a shit essentially you know it's our show what the hell are you going to do which is why eight people were watching exactly us. right yeah but now there's 18 watching you know yeah we can have you know yeah if anything goes more than like four and a half minutes my god get quick cut something out of it get out of there quick because you know people are going to be wanting for the next thing um so yeah i don't know i get just there had to be some sort of greater is, television is, structure knowledge i guess than we were used to certainly is that the type of audience they're expecting are watching abc2 they they've actually switched to there from the commercial stations watching the footy show or something that that actually does appeal to somebody with that uh, kind of short attention span well, there's certainly a, a sense that uh the film geeks that we are writing for and that we are uh, are going to watch anyway because it's a comedy show about movies and I think they were thinking well let's then broaden it out and appeal to people who aren't film geeks uh, which is insane why, <laughs> why would we do no but yeah just to I guess yeah put everything in sort of easily digestible little bunches um, that yeah yeah and some of the stuff is really quite skitty 
um, like yeah, the Lee's therapy segment or the future segment, you know, where it's really quite, you know, there's not a lot of information imparted about the history of cinema at any one point. It's it's very very joke heavy. But then you've got stuff like um, yeah, the history segment um, and forgotten films or something, which is yeah, very much just about movies. So yeah, I guess just to keep everything kind of short and moving along, so you don't get bored too easily. Hopefully, that's that's kind of the theory, and hopefully we stuck to that. How much? Uh, the, the, you know, these these are all standard questions, but still, how much control uh, did ABC have over the the content? I know that they they switched around the order of of the episodes, first and second. But as far as the actual content of the uh, of the show, did they did they really come down hard on you? Especially when you're dealing with uh, with with such uh, exhaustive genres as uh, as sex and violence. Well, I think uh, I was certainly surprised at how little influence there was. I mean, the, the process keeps changing when you're at the script stage. It's very different to when you're in the post stage. Uh, and when we handed in our scripts, we were pretty much expecting, or I, I certainly was expecting them to say, okay, you can't do this, 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 and this. And they pretty much just let us get away with what we wanted at the script stage. There was very little interference, which surprised and worried me uh, in equal measure. And then when we reached post, that worry was, yes, completely <laughs> confirmed. <No. laughs> well, there was a lot of, uh, certainly, you know, with the drugs episode, you know, when, when we submitted that uh, the law, for the lawyers to look at uh, not just what was in the script, but how we presented it, what the context was for uh, cigarettes in particular. There was a lot of back and forth on that about what we could get away with. Uh, so there was a lot of... in. I don't want to say interference, but there was a lot of back and forth in post for necessary legal reasons. Yeah. Yep. And not just uh, to do with, yeah, the drugs episode either, mm. just sort of um, in terms of using clips because we use, yeah, a staggering amount of clips in the show in order to sort of use those uh, for free, essentially. You know, you have to find the loopholes and the sort of the crit and review loophole or the parody and satire loophole, which is, yeah, you either have to make very, very clear fun of the film, uh, spoof it very, very distinctly, or you have to criticise it slash review it in some sort of academic, you know, construct very specifically. Um, or you have to pay for the clips. Or you have to pay for the clips, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, yes, we certainly didn't have the money to pay for the clips. So, yeah, we either had to, for the most part, we tried to, we were sort of obligated to do the crit and review sort of path just because it was, it seemed to be the most, the easiest one really and the most obvious one to do. But, um, yeah, certainly uh, quite a bit of voiceover was added in the post to sort of, you know, accommodate that. Um, so the scripts were sort of, you know, rewritten a smidge um, during the post stage. You, <laughs> no. you do have this amazing guest cast in the show. Um, uh, let's start with David Stratton. How long did you have St- David Stratton for and how did you get him? A few hours and we asked. Uh, it was pretty much, it, it helped being at the ABC where you know, yeah. everyone knows everyone, for, certainly for him. And uh, that was something our executive producer took care of. She she went and asked about it. And uh, yeah, he was he was happy to do it. And we had... Uh, we had a few hours where we filmed all of his stuff, and uh, I, I still cannot believe that he was just so willing to to go so silly. Uh, uh, yeah, he was brilliant. At the time of recording, one of them has gone to air so far. Have you had a response? And does it is it a different response than you would get from the thirty one screenings? It's a broader response, certainly in that you know we're getting reviewed in major newspapers and. You know, there, are, there there's a video on, like, the Fairfax website of two guys sitting down and talking about us, which isn't, like, 
I can't believe that. I can't believe I can just, you know, see that. Um, so it's certainly a broader response. They're getting paid for that too. <laughs> How the hell do they manage that? That's insane. But generally, it's, it's really positive. Um, you know, there, there are certainly some people who do not get it and do not like it. But um, on the whole, we've had some incredibly, incredibly positive responses. I did see a reference on Facebook that you're aware you've become a sex symbol for the gay bear community. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Um, yeah, if you if you, uh, if you pop down the lead, nice. A few little things on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'm certainly learning a lot of uh, uh, bear lingo uh, in a very short amount of time. So that's uh, that's an audience I did not predict, but I'm happy to have. Have you uh, have have you had any negative feedback? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've had some. I think we are. Certainly amongst uh, cinephiles, I think, God, I think what, 90, 96% of them really love it. And then there are a few people who, who don't. And I don't know if that's because they just don't find it funny, which, which is fine, or whether they, there's a sense that uh, who, what gives us the right to, to go out and talk about films when they might feel that they know more, which you know, is certainly something that I felt before listening to you know, other people talk about film. So yeah. I'm pretty confident that sort of everything, all the facts, you know, uh, I'm happy to stand by every, every assertion of fact that we stay in the film. So if anybody calls us on any sort of piece of film history mm. or film trivia or whatever, film facts, I'm pretty confident that we can back it up and say it's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of, yeah, people not liking the show, that's, that's fine. That's, yeah. D- did you have fact checkers? Uh, Lee, who <laughs> checked my stuff, and I <laughs> yeah. checked his, and that was yep. about it, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm 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 quite happy with uh, yeah with with everything. Yeah, mm. it's uh, in terms of information. Yeah, there was certainly start a lot of stuff stuff that we really unfortunately had to cut mm. um, because of time, purely because of time. I mean, almost all the episodes I think uh, in a rough cut form probably ran about thirty four minutes. The last one ran for about thirty eight. Um, that, that was the cut where we brought Ter- Terence Malick in to cut it down for us because <laughs> yeah. it was just out of He's hand. Good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was some stuff, particularly from history, that had to get cut, which is uh, which is a shame. So we don't, you know, perhaps we don't hit every film, uh, every key film, uh, or like of sex or violence or whatever. But we certainly hit key moments. I think. I think we hit the key mm. moments. Is there going to be that on the DVD? Will there be extras? DVD. If there's a DVD, then yes, there will be. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? If, if? well, it's not it's, up to us. Yeah, but it's an ABC show. Everything gets released on the, on DVD, and it gets released. T- <laughs> it gets released ten seconds after the final uh, episode. No, no, no. From what from what I've observed of other ABC shows, they either come out as the closing credits are playing on TV, or it's within five to ten years. I'd noticed that. I think. The week twenty something went to air. It was available on DVD on the uh, ABC Shop website. Um, it was say like, coming soon, of course, but it was already listed as <laughs> as you know ready to order on the ABC Shop website, and, which was interesting. And and you're not. I I think there's going to be some. Uh, no, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> well, actually, actually, there could be some problems. I, I I would think that there would possibly be some copyright issues. So when's the uh, second series starting? I don't know. Please contact ABC. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, lots of R&B. letters. Because we don't know how to do anything else, so we really would like a second season. Lee Zachariah, Shannon Marenko, thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters. The Bazura Project Guide to Cinema is Thursday nights, ABC2 at 9pm. Hi, my name's Rod Quantock, and you may know me from such films as... Well, I never made a film, but that's not the important thing. I'm here on the Box Cutters. It's a podcast, and I'm told it's on the internet. So get to the internet, look up podcast, look up Box Cutter, press enter, and shit, you might hear me. That's very accurate. 
uh, old people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rod Quantock uh, took me on a tour of the ABC once. I, I was I was supposed to interview him for uh, for Impress, and he, uh, not going in off off the bus. No, 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 no. Just I, me. I turned up at his desk, going, "All right, t- tell us about this new show," because he was doing a, a comedy festival show. Surprise, and uh, and and. He said, "Okay, I just need to make a coffee," and took me on this like windy tour of of the ABC and pointed out everything that was cheap about working at the ABC to to the extent that he said, "And this is the spoon that you have to use to get the sugar out. It's a plastic spoon, and you have to rinse it and dry it and put it back in the drawer." I love record He is great, John. You went to a cinema. To watch television, I, I I did, and, and there's more than that. I went to a cinema to watch 1972 television. Uh, this is uh, we've had a lot of the, the the how we watch. People have been telling us how they watch, and one thing that does seem to be a bit of a recurring theme is people are saying they miss the communal watching that they used to do. They used to be seen. It seems to be there used to be more people gathering together to watch event television. I wonder some of that might just be that we're all getting older and maybe it's a thing we do when we're younger. I don't know. That's a thought. Like like a thing that you do when you're at university and yeah, say, everyone maybe. come around and watch 90210. Yeah, perhaps. And um, certainly there did seem to be in the 90s, though, there did seem to be a lot of uh, bars would, would play shows. 90210, not so much, but Melrose, Melrose Place. Melrose Place was a big one. Yeah, and there was a whole bunch of them. Uh, Simpsons, I think, some places did. I, I actually, I remember watching uh, the finale of Big Brother uh, <laughs> at a... Uh, at, at a pub in Melbourne. Well, so the thing that happened recently... That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good story. You should put something on the end of it, yeah. And I met a girl and we fell in love. Oh, and, uh, and Marie Cardi was there and we didn't really know each other very well then, so we didn't talk. Doesn't, uh, doesn't get better, does it? No. No. Anyway, one of the things that, that have uh, been trying to bring communal stuff together, the Doctor Who range, especially the, the what they now call the classic Doctor Who range, so they're not... Not the stuff that's, you know, recent, but the older stuff, the pre-1989 stuff. There's been a few attempts by them to kind of make these communal things. One of them I mentioned before is there's a, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a tweet watch or something where everyone sits down around the world at the same time to watch one of the Doctor Who DVDs and they all get on Twitter and tweet about it we're watching, which to me sounds like two levels of sadness at the same time. But I can, I can see how... You hate Twitter. I do hate Twitter. And so it's like being alone and then like being really alone. But, but I get the point that it's, it's to create a communal experience, which is quite nice. The thing they did the other day is that there's a new DVD of Day of the Daleks coming out. It's a John Pertwee story from the, from the mid-70s, early 70s. And oh, oh, oh hang, hang, hang. I think I ordered gnocchi at the pub when I watched <laughs> Big Brother. <laughs> And the new version of Day of the Daleks DVD has a special edition on it um, where they've actually gone back and they've refilmed new footage. Because Day of the what? Daleks, it was quite famous for the fact that there are three Daleks who surround a house, which is quite hard because houses generally have four sides. So at the very least, you could run out the side that had no Dalek near it. Um, now it has like seven Daleks. And there's new CGI, there's some new effects. Exterminate! Emergency! Emergency! Emergency to all units, national HQ, stand by for a special announcement. The Daleks have discovered time travel. We have invaded Earth. We have changed the pattern of history. I want to know what you're doing here. He's the sworn enemy of the Daleks. He's the one man they're afraid of, don't you see? You are the Doctor. Now you are in our power. It's our only hope. Changing history is a very fanatical idea, you know. 
we don't act quickly, maybe too late. The Dalek Empire will spread through all planets and all times. Run, Doctor! Run! Benson calling Unit HQ. Benson calling Unit HQ. We just can't hold them, sir. And so they had a screening of it uh, down at the Jam Factory. It was a competition sort of event, mm-hmm. and uh, they invited people down. They had the head of the DVD range there to talk about it and play some exclusive clips. And it was a very diverse group, which was quite lovely, both in you know, age and type. And it was a much more varied group than you would expect. It was very early on a Sunday morning, which is obviously mm-hmm. going to you know, weed out anyone who likes sleeping. Um, there, was, there was Richard Watts there from Smart Arts because he'd heard an envelope would be opened at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that's we were we were going for the same joke. <laughs> it's just me. Cause he, cause he's I love everything. Richard, but he's everywhere. He is he's everywhere. He's the he's the he's the Wally Meanie of the 2010s. <laughs> I, I must say, I've never been to an event that Richard has not been present. It's always there. Lovely to see him. Always lovely to see him. But he's always there. So it was quite lovely. We had this, this screening of this this you know version that wasn't yet available in Australia. They um quite sweet. They did a, a special DVD cover for the people who were present. So you can actually when you buy the DVD, you can slip it inside, and it's a a special version which actually looked better than the real cover with like Australian premiere screening written oh, on it. Which was I was there. Yeah, it was a really sweet thing to do. And they played clips of uh, there's a story called Invasion of the Dinosaurs. It's got dinosaurs in it. The first episode is only in black and white. The the BBC managed to lose the colour copy. And they have done a sort of colourised version. They played clips from it, and it's actually the first time that episode's ever been seen in colour in Australia. So we were the first audience to ever see any colour clips from it, which was kind of sweet. You know, kind yeah, of, it's fun. And there was some guy down the front videotaping it, so it's on YouTube, undoubtedly, now. <laughs> but it was kind of interesting. It was an interesting thing to see that uh, a company that makes DVDs is actually pushing for this communal screening experience the uh i i've got i've got a, a geek question with uh them changing three daleks to seven daleks did doctor who fans get all up in their garters about it the, the same way that star, they, star wars look, fans they, do they would the big thing with the doctor who dvd releases these are always alternatives and and they're always optional right so for example this dvd has come out as two discs so the first disc has it exactly as it went to air the second disc has this special edition. Right, so there's no revisionism. There's no, no. we will never show the old version. You'll, you'll always get the original. There, there was um, a couple moments earlier on where they did do some special editions that only did that, and they seem to have then realised that's probably not the way to go because you know, you're looking at a show that was filmed in three cameras on video in 1972. It's never going to look, you know, like Lost. It's, it's, it's going to always have that thing to it. And... One of the early Dalek stories, Dalek Invasion of Earth, um, it's a black and white one, has this great location footage in a deserted London. And one of the things they actually took out in the CGI version was in the background of one of the shots, a black van can be seen driving across, which obviously is just because they're filming on Sunday morning, that, you know, it's just there. They actually CGI'd it out to make it a deserted London. And a lot of people, including me, found that it was actually a little bit disappointing because you could always think that van was another story going on. Like, that's another adventure someone's having. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. It's like you can... And Doctor Who fans are very big at trying to fill in the gaps 
by creating these stories. Well, that, th- no doubt there would have been some kind of fanfic yes, that would about that, what was going on in that black van at yeah. that moment. So I think yeah, they've kind of learned that you leave the original alone because it's vintage television. That's what it is. But then you can optionally do some other stuff. Did people talk during the screening? Was it was it a, a conversational communal watching? No, no, it was it was completely just focused on on watching it. Uh, they did, however, at the beginning announce the hashtag for it. So they were encouraging people to tweet right as it was going. I had a look afterwards. I don't think many people did because, you know, they were there to watch it. Well, yeah, no one wants to sit in a dark cinema tweeting while, you know, and annoying other people. Because you would be a wanker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ha- had a similar experience where I watched Lars von Trier's The Kingdom. Mm-hmm. At the at the movies, and this was or at, at a cinema, and this was th- there were two versions of the kingdom. There was a version, I, I suppose, much like the trip. Mm. There was a version that was made for a a, a cinema release, uh, and there was the TV version. And the cinema release version was basically just two episodes chucked together, and that was the first film. And I found it. I, I find it strange because I, I didn't feel like I was experiencing that with other people in the cinema. I felt like uh, I was just a lot, like like I am ordinarily in, in in a cinema. I feel like I am there by myself. I, I I didn't have that communal experience. And later on, when I did get to see it on uh, on TV because SBS played it, it felt it felt completely different. The better or worse different. Better. I felt, I felt more a part of what I was watching, and and I suppose that's the difference. Maybe that's the difference between watching a Doctor Who episode from 1972 and watching something that Lars von Trier made for TV, blown up for a very large screen with enormous sound that makes you feel isolated, confused, and a little bit horrified, uh, and that the watching on TV could actually cause a little bit of distance. I think it's the difference between... Because like, I, I do have a group that watches Doctor Who every week in a, in, a, uh, a, in a bar. We have a little screening room. And I actually find I enjoy just the gathering of the people probably more than I enjoy the actual watching of the show. Because it's... But it's intended, you know, as a, as a mass entertainment. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Lars von Trier's, even in the TV version, we're still trying to make art. Yes. And the... Uh, and then I, I also ended up enjoying the, the TV version uh, more because it, he he uh, ends it with a little bit of so that's what happened on this week's right it's this this kind of uh, just lovely to camera I do love piece that. that's brilliant uh, that wasn't in the the cinema version and then I felt a little bit ripped off because not only did I have this horribly soul sucking. Uh, depressing and confusing experience in the cinema, but then I also missed out on that that little bit of gold, uh, which is you know probably more so about you, me. Are you basically just saying that Lars von Trier isn't much fun? Is that the summation that's, of yeah, what you're just saying? It's pretty much pretty much what I'm saying, that it doesn't lend itself to communal viewing. Arrested Development is uh, no, going to be made that. into. We did that. It's we have pro- done it. Production news. Yeah, yeah. News. It's, it's, it's a production Mitch that's Hurwitz not happening. We've already done it at the production. beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's a T-tail and a 3D game. Yeah, no, look, it, it, we've done this. Arrested Development. It's done. It's Mitch Hurwitz. Uh, there were tweets. Can I talk, about, can I talk about a, film, a show that's actually being made then? An yes. actual show that's being made? Because this will kind of you know, shows how awful life is. Because that show apparently 
isn't happening. However, Disney is working on their new show, Dog with a Blog. Uh, right. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Is it about yeah. a dog mm-hmm. that has a blog? Yes. Disney has greenlit a pilot for a show about a dog who captures his daily musing in online journal entries. Is this not just Wilfred with a blog? <laughs> is, is it Wilfred with a blog? Is it, is it Jason Gann smoking bongs? <laughs> well, apparently um, the series, this is from the AV Club, the series will find the blogging dog, dog blogging about his family, thrown together siblings, <laughs> step-siblings Tyler, who is popular, social, and gets by on his looks, and Kayla, who is super smart, socially responsible, and despises guys like Tyler. H- hang on, hang on. This is... This... Okay, it's it's called Dog with a Blog, but it really just sounds like dog narrating the story of a family while the story... Because it's... It sounds like Look Who's Talking with an animal rather than a baby. Yeah. No, but it's... it's no, no, that's, that was that's Bob Morrison. Too, it? <laughs> it's Bob Morrison. Someone's recreated Bob Morrison because that's and what the world was great. Look Who's Talking to was another baby. Look Who's Talking Now ah, was a dog, dog played by Danny DeVito. Right. Apparently, casting is underway for the dog. That! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen! Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer! Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. The AFL grand final was on the telly on the weekend. Because so no one mentioned that ever. So was the, <laughs> no, the, no. The, well, NRL, the NRL grand final was, uh, was on, on the TV Sunday, on Sunday. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't catch any of the it, NRL one. But it, was, on it, was Saturday, on a, it was on at a different time because of daylight savings. On Saturday, I was uh, out at uh, one of the big box stores uh, during the game. Uh, and uh, as we looting, as we see it, <laughs> yes, because nobody because you can. It, it's so much fun. Um, you, you, you have you have a couple of big walls of, of big screen TVs that uh, they're they're all there for you to check out and uh, and buy one and take home for the big game. And uh, of course, the more the more you spend, the bigger your screen is generally. Mm-hmm. What I noticed with that was that the bigger the screen was, so the more that you'd spent. On the TV, the more digital artifacting you got with the rapid movement on ah. screen, because it's only an SD broadcast, which is something that uh, Glenn, is crap. Glenn Peters mentioned on uh, in, in a a comment to a previous article on uh, on, on the box cutters Keep blog. Keep up, people! Yeah, come on! <laughs> uh, that uh, that it was going to be screened in HD, but only on Foxtel. After the live version had had gone to air on on free to air, so there was an HD version of it, but you had to wait and pretend to not know. Yeah, and in fact, uh, the which is you know good luck getting Collingwood fans to shut up about losing. The broadcast that uh, went over to the states was HD, right? So it was only Australia because of our stupid anti siphoning laws that you love so much, Brett. No, that you no, 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 you no, take no, these no, anti siphoning no, no, laws no, no, and you no, open no, up their no, lips no, and you no, stick no, your tongue no, right no, no, inside. There's nothing to stop them simulcasting on the HD channel, except for the free the the anti siphoning laws. Not allowed. Not allowed. Won't happen. No, but it's allowed. You love them. It is allowed. You love them so much. It is allowed. You pat their hair and look at them longingly. Your girlfriend, the anti-siphoning laws. <laughs> if you watch one thing. Yeah! 
I have been watching. Well, that was a bit sharp. I have been watching a uh, a, a lot of new fall season stuff. Uh, so I've got I got nothing. I got ah. nothing for, for free to air television. Uh, so everything- watching episode two of everything you mentioned last week. You were you were mocking Ringer the other day. I don't know. If I'm preempting a review later on. Is it is it not? Because you know I was watching some. Oh, I've got free to air television at home. Yay! Yeah, yeah. I, I found a cable that was long enough. Um, so, <laughs> and and so we ended up watching Buffy, which of course we own on DVD. But it was during Buffy they were they were advertising Ringer and the new Sally Jesse Raphael series and. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Keller. And uh, <laughs> you know what? It would be better if it was Sally Jesse Raphael playing. But this twins. is the thing because I remember you mentioning this, and I was watching Buffy, going, "No, she is actually really good in Buffy. She's she's genuinely. I mean, maybe it's just because she's acting against Faith, and that makes it look better. But she's, she's you know, she is actually good. She plays it really well, and I and I wanted to bring her to be good. But is it is it? You know. It's uh, look. I, I've been having conversations with people on Twitter mm-hmm. about uh, about Ringer and about how far we can get through it. I still haven't brought myself to to watch episode two of Ringer. Uh, it's sitting there, taunting me, waiting, mm-hmm. waiting, waiting, and and you know for a it while that was you while it was like asleep. well it was it was Rosh Hashanah and I knew I was going to be eating a lot, so I didn't want to watch episode two of Ringer because that would kind of you know maybe maybe I'd, I'd, I'd be a bit sick. Then it was my birthday and I didn't want to watch episode two of Ringer because that would just spoil my birthday. And then uh, I was really busy. And then this uh, is like the bit at the end of two thousand and one of Space Odyssey. You know, it's like yeah. Dave Bowman keeps looking over and seeing himself older and older, going, "Oh, I'll watch Ringer later." I watch <laughs> I watch Ringer later, and then I saw myself reborn. And then there's thought, the enormous oh. DVD box set. <laughs> That's what that means. So yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching stuff as it's uh, as it's released. I'm I'm looking forward to this Kelsey Grammer uh, show that has already been renewed for a second season, even though it hasn't aired. That's yet. how good it is. Back yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, it's a second series. Back second to you. Back to you. <laughs> Uh, my one thing, because I wasn't here last week, so I get to do the rave. Bazira Project. I, oh, I, I've actually, I've seen the first two. Love this show so much. Love those boys. It's funny. It's educational. It's really clever. Um, this week is Sex, which, uh, yeah, it's look, it's great. It's on Thursday night. Thursday night, 9 p.m. ABC 2. Now, Josh, since you're going to be tied up with your digital uh, pirated, downloaded uh, contents, I am going to go... 9.35. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's just research for when I'm in the US later on this year. <laughs> 9.35, Wednesday night. It's the Hamster Wheel, episode one, from the Chaser Boys. I'll check that out. If you're interested in the Chaser, episode 279, uh, we've got an interview with Chaz Lichardello. Oh, when's that coming up? That was last week. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, when, when I, I carve my, my pod... pod it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Okay, so so further to how much not good news there is, or how little news there was this week, uh, this is a, a story from Variety that is essentially the networks have not taken anything off air as yet. Of the new fall <laughs> of the, season. Of the new fall season. So no, nothing's failed Nothing yet. has so, been cancelled yet. So we've got no Lone Star this year. No. Nothing has been cancelled yet two weeks in. That, or 
one week in, depending on whose calendar you're going Fantastic news. Yeah. Good news for everybody. Good news, everybody. So one of the shows that I watched during the week, uh, I was quite excited to see because it's directed by Jonathan Demme, who is one of my favourite directors. Just excellent work in the past, Jonathan Demme. Great work. Great director. This show is called A Gifted Man, and... I could go through, like, I'm not even going to bother making it a segment. This is why it's pork. Because I could go through talking about the whole setup of the story and where it's going to come and, and what happens in it and, and who stars in it. And, and But I could also just tell you that it's touched by an angel meets house. Oh, in a good way? Okay. Can you think of a good way? Well, no. It's not Dr. Death, is it? It's uh, it's it's touched by an angel meets house. It's a guy who uh, who is a, a doctor. He's he's irascible and 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 but also very good at what he does. He's a uh, he's he's a neurosurgeon, and then he is uh, he is given tasks uh, to help to help people and become a better person by the uh, ghost of his ex wife. It could it could be good. Yeah, I've seen the first episode. It's, it's not, is it? It's, it's no something wild, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but then what is? So little these days, John. I know. So little. Um, I've, I've got some news. I was actually just trying to see if TV Tonight's already broken it. Um, <laughs> so, so we're doing all our news in pork now. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just trying to see if it's loading. Because well, you've, you've, given, you've given TV Tonight an extra hour <laughs> just to check. Um, I just wanted to mention that Outland, that, uh, that gay sitcom. Ah, oh, a Will and Grace. Yeah, the Will and Grace uh, gay sitcom outlined what I wrote. Oh, w- Will and Grace meets uh, meets uh, meets Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory uh, is is playing this. Yeah, we 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 play this year, and it yeah. is it is. Um, you can watch it uh, on this was the the the, 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 the the feel feel good hit of two thousand nine or whatever it was. Yes. I, I mean, uh, it's playing Tuesday, October the eighteenth at six p.m. at Central Cinema. In Seattle, as part of the <laughs> Seattle, Washington, it, United States. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, premiere is actually happening at the Seattle Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. It's playing episodes one through three Tuesday, October eighteenth, Wednesday, October 9th, uh, episodes four through six. Uh, I will be present. I will be there. Huh. So, if you're in Seattle, um, I'm a guest at the festival, and I would I would love to see you. So, the people who watch it there are they allowed to talk about it on Facebook? Probably, right? Because we can't stop them. Yeah. <laughs> That brings us to the end of Box Cutters, episode 280. I want to say thanks to Shannon Marenko and Lee Zachariah, who are the Bazura Project. They can be seen on ABC2 at 9pm on Thursday. A couple of the nicest guys on television today. Really? They really, really are. Yep. Join us next week as Rick Kalowski, the producer and, and co-creator of At Home with Julia, joins us for a look back on the controversies... Or controversies. And the successes and successes of At Home with Julia. <laughs> or At Home with Julia. <laughs> at Home with Julia. At Home with Julia. If you want to find out uh, what was on this episode or any episode of Box Cutters, this is boxcutters.net slash episode 280. If you just go slash episode and then the number of the episode that you want, you will find that one on the website at boxcutters.net. You can also email us, hooray, at boxcutters.net. Hooray. And, uh, and let us know what you thought of this episode. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I do continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Boxcutters. Catch us again next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters. 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 Box
Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. So I don't know if you read during the week, uh, Brett, but... Remember that show, Arrested Development? It's, oh, uh, that is one of my favourite shows ever. Right, well. well. Remember how it got taken off air? And yeah, then gonna... yeah, and, and like it, it was like it was wasting away. Yeah. Each, each season would be, would be thinner and would thinner. Would be th- thinner and thinner, and then it was t- taken off air, and they said it might come back as a movie or so. Well, apparently, yes. apparently they've got tea towels now. <gasps> Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.